Good afternoon. Actually, good morning. Sorry, I forgot I changed the time. I'm Dr. Terry James Gingras, and this is Dr. G's ADHD Chat. Uh, this is a show trying to make the world safe for ADHDers. I am a clinical psychologist and neuropsychologist, and I've been in private practice uh, for a very long time, and a sizable portion of what I do day-to-day -day is work with ADHDers. Parents, adults, children, adolescents, pretty much all of them. Uh, I'm also, well, just say I have reached a certain age of maturity, so I have done a lot of different things in my career, uh, per particularly pertinent to this um, series of topics that we're going to be doing about substance abuses. Uh, I've uh, I had a, have a minor in addiction studies, and I have worked uh, doing uh, drug and alcohol evaluations in the Air Force when I was active duty. I, that was one of the things I did in every base I went to, so I've got like over 20 years of experience doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, one of the things with ADHDers is that we focus a lot we focus a lot on just the behaviors, you know, we uh, the temper tantrums and so on. But one of the things that becomes, an, as they get older, that becomes an increasing concern is substance abuse. Um, ADHDers are more prone to substance abuse. I mean, there are a lot of po possible reasons uh, because they're more impulsive, because of the way their brain develops, the centers that have to do with judgment and inhibition, response inhibition, uh, haven't developed uh, yet, and they develop about three years slower than for neurotypical kids. Okay, there's also, uh, are they are they self-medicating? Is that, that what this is all about? They're trying to find something that makes them feel normal. Um, and that's, those are the kind of the major things. I'm sure there are others, uh, potential reasons for why um, we would have uh, problems with substance abuse. But the, uh, the other thing we have is, is, you know, of a large number of potential substance of abuse, uh, which ones should we be the most concerned with? Well, and it used to be alcohol, believe it or not, you know, oh, everybody drinks. Well, alcohol is one of those substances that does a lot of physical and neuropsychological damage uh, way more than most of the other um, substances of abuse. The problem is, since uh, since I started out in, in this uh, f field, we have developed fentanyl. And fentanyl uh, is in whole bunches of things. A kind of people who are manufacturing substances for abuse are putting it into all other, a lot of other kinds of substances of abuse. Uh, to give their give their folks a kick, you know, a high, 
Well, the problem is uh, <laughs> a lot of times it's killing people. And that's not something to take lightly. I mean, that's probably would put that all the way from, you know, one of the who cares category to up there, probably the number one. Uh, but alcohol, alcohol is a biggie. Uh, alcohol is, you know, we, we used to say back when, back when I was in grad school and when I was first starting out that alcohol was more dangerous than heroin. You know, heroin, if you withdraw from heroin, you feel like you've had the flu for a couple of days and then, then it's essentially done. When you withdraw from alcohol, it can kill you. Okay. Basically alcohol abusers are taking in humongous amounts of depressants, the things that are trying to slow them down. Uh, you know, well, and what happens is that your body, when you put in strange substances, your body, it, those substances say, uh, say alcohol work because they mimic naturally occurring substances in your body, uh, or they stimulate antagonist substances. So your, uh, alcohol abusers taking on this humongous load of depressants and your body has natural stimulants uh, that it secretes more and more of to try to balance out the uh, level of substance of, uh, of <laughs> stimulants versus uh, depressants. The problem is when you all of a sudden take the depressants away, your body is still secreting a tremendous amount of stimulants. And I have at different times seen people going through delirium tremens, which is alcohol withdrawal. Uh, I remember we had one guy in uh, intensive care and he thought all the oxygen tubes and things that were coming out of the walls were snakes trying to get him. And he was trying to tear him out of his arm, you know, and the nurses were having a fit trying to keep him, uh, keep the IVs and so on placed. But your, that level of stimulant that your body naturally has produced to compensate for the alcohol uh, causes, yeah, can cause hallucinations, uh, basically can cause your heart to just kind of burst from working so hard, uh, it's 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 a very unpleasant and dangerous thing, you know. Oh, just lock him in a room and with a bucket until he gets done, and then you have to have a dead person on your hands. That's not a that's not that's not cool. You can get away with that when he's in a heroin addict. Presuppose <laughs> it's not got any fentanyl mixed in there, but you've got. Um, with alcohol is dangerous. It is very dangerous. Uh, you can have seizures, uh, hallucinations, uh, and you know, major league physical damage to your body because your body is working harder than it's supposed to. Okay, and. Um, This is, well, this this is not a happy not a happy camper time, frankly. Um, 
alcohol by itself, uh, well, it's scary. I mean, it, but we all, we all drink, probably. Most of us do. Most of us have done it uh, for all of our lives. And there's always the question, is he drinking too much? <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, alcohol causes problems. Alcohol causes physical problems, mental problems. Uh, you can you can get a form of dementia from alcohol abuse, uh, particularly if you are have gone end stage and are not eating. You're just everything you have goes towards getting more alcohol, uh, and so those folks, well, they they are way more likely. Uh, with extremely poor nutrition, they are way more likely to develop a, a form of dementia. And that's not uh, not to be taken lightly. It is, doesn't necessarily go away when you stop drinking either. Uh, I used to work in an inpatient uh, alcohol uh, program, and we would have, the. this was at a VA hospital, and the VA hospital was in the poor end of town, and uh, they would over the weekend. The police would, you know, pick up the street alcoholics. They, these are people who've given up everything just to drink, you know, and they're they're homeless, uh, but they're still drinking. They're still finding stuff to to drink, and they're not eating. Everything goes towards the the alcohol, so they show up in our intensive care unit, uh, they would, you know, be there, I don't know, some varying number of days, four or five, probably, then they would show up at our treatment center and we would have large community meetings uh, every morning. And, you know, they would be there shaking and be not being able to communicate for a dependent two or three weeks, a lot of times. And then one morning, all of a sudden, they'd come in and they'd look a little brighter and would be shaking a little less. And they'd say, hey, my name is Ralph. I'm an alcoholic. And, you know, that, that would be the first time we had heard them speak. And it was <laughs> it was actually a bit of a shock sometimes because you just, you know, got used to them um, being in that withdrawal kind of state. Alcohol is not to be taken lightly, okay? That's, I mean, I guess that's the bottom line. Alcohol is serious stuff, okay? Yeah, most of us drink, or most of us have drunk, done some drinking, and probably most of us have had some experience where we have really done some stupid things while we were drinking. Uh, for some of us, this is called college, okay? But most of us get through it, and most of us maintain some level of control over our alcohol. Uh, we can go for months and months without drinking and it doesn't bother us. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a, well, we're, we're playing a game, you know. Most of us can drink okay. Some people just can't. I mean, I remember doing 
uh, alcohol intake evaluations and having people say, Doc, I tell you, I think I was an alcoholic from the first drink I ever had. First time I ever had a drink, I drank more than everybody else who was just starting out drinking. And I've always been able to drink more than everybody else. Um, and I didn't start having some serious problems with it till I'd been drinking for eight or nine years. Uh, then all of a sudden, uh, I couldn't stop. And I'd wake up someplace and didn't know where I was or how I got there or I'm lucky, I'm lucky I'm still alive. Um, so on. Uh, that's a, um, that's the progressive nature of alcohol abuse. And most of us, yeah, we don't do that, but some people do. And there's a lot of questions as to how much of, um, uh, alcoholism is, uh, genetically based and they, they really aren't coming up with clear, uh, indications that there's a, a huge genetic component to it. But I would bet you uh, if we just looked at ADHD, we would see that's an issue. Uh, that, that alcohol abuse um, is more likely to happen uh, if somebody has ADHD. You know, it's the whole What do I want to ask? It's impulsive, try anything one time or a bunch of times. Uh, that whole mindset you know, predisposes you uh, to, to substance abuse, particularly to alcohol abuse. Uh, the problems, well, I mean, they're, they're huge. Alcohol, ADHD is hard enough to live with. You know, if you're doing everything right, it's it's still you have to do some things. You have to learn some ways to compensate. You have to learn what your strengths and weaknesses are and how to handle them. I mean, it's uh, it's it's something to, that you have to you have to work at. It's something that a lot of people don't have to deal with, but you do. Uh, you have to learn to compensate, uh, and you combine that with substance abuse, especially alcohol abuse, uh, it, you know, it gets overwhelming, it, that, that combination. Um, one thing I, I do need to say, I want to say this, uh, first of all, this is going to be a, a, a series. I had, when I was thinking about talking about this stuff, I wasn't, I was going to just talk about alcoholism because, you know, that's mostly what I've got in my family or my family and my in-laws, you know, uh, is, well, first of all, mostly ADHD, and then a few alcoholics. Uh, the, but as I, I talked, thought about it, and I started looking at some research and that sort of stuff, I said, well, I better probably talk about some of the other substances of abuse as well. So I'm going to be doing that in the next few sessions. But I want to answer one of the things I get from people who aren't terribly sophisticated uh, in ADHD and the treatment of ADHD. The research continuously shows that people who are, on, are in treatment for their ADHD, that is usually stimulant medication, are less likely 
to abuse drugs than people who are not being treated for their ADHD. Okay. Now, I mean, I, I have heard all this, oh, this is a gateway drug. And it's going to lead right to substance abuse. It's going to, you know, it doesn't appear to the, to be the truth. All the research shows that people who are treated for their ADHD are less likely to become substance abusers than people who are not. Okay. I mean, that's the research. Um, and it's been pretty consistent for since, since we've had, uh, the awareness of ADHD and, uh, and the best treatments and that sort of thing. So I just tell you that I will try to remember to remind folks every time I do one of these sessions, uh, about the effects of, uh, or how treating uh, ADHD can, can save you a lot of headaches later on. Okay. I mean, typically what you get is, you know, when your child is young, you're worried about their impulsivity and their temper tantrums and all that stuff. They start hitting adolescence and sometimes it's pretty early, you know, 12, 13, you know, then you got to start worrying about where they're spending their time. What kind of kids are they hanging out with? Um, and depending on the area you live in too. I mean, uh, where I live, um, one of the biggest areas for getting marijuana was a local private school with all these well-financed, well-mannered young men uh, were smoking a whole bunch of pot. And uh, imagine my surprise when I find this out. Um, but one of the good or bad things, depending on your point of view about being in private practice, is people come knocking on your door for help with certain things uh, that you would not have thought were there where they are. And it is, you know, so all these rich or at least well-to-do families uh, had a lot of kids who were, who were doing a lot of, a lot of marijuana, a lot of pot. Um, I just, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't really predict it. It finds, finds places uh, where it's easier for it to exist. Uh, substance abuse, I mean, basically. So anyway, so we'll, we'll try not to beat this too, too much to death, but it's one of those things you need to be aware of. Okay, and for alcohol, you need to be aware that the oldest trick in the book is drinking mom and dad's alcohol and then filling the bottle up with water or the remainder of the bottle up with water. Uh, and somehow, I don't know how they get away with that, frankly, but uh, you, you just need to be aware of that stuff. When, when things around the house start not being right, seem out of place, not stuff's not working the way it, it used to, uh, your child, I mean, the behavior starts being real different. 
uh, you know, a hangover looks like a hangover, regardless of how old you are. You just need to be aware of that and alert. And don't be too big. <laughs> Which, well, just don't be too easy to fool, okay? I mean, I know I have kids of my own. Uh, I, well, I've just been amazed. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, you know, we've gotten through most of that, but we've still got a little bit to deal with. And uh, I'll just leave it at that. But you need to be aware. You need to be alert. Uh, you need to be observant. Okay, I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass. This has been Dr. G's ADHD Chat, show trying to make the world safe for ADHDers. Remember, we need these people. We need divergent thinkers. We need people who think outside the box. We won't solve the big problems if people can't imagine different ways to solve them. And uh, it has become more and more obvious uh, that the old ways, which in this current time are remaking a resurgence, you know, we're going back to the old tried and true things. But let me tell you, boys and girls, the things that worked in 1950 or 1940 aren't going to work now in the 2020s. Uh, and uh, so we need people who can think outside the box and come up with some new solutions. Okay, my website is. Terry Jim Gingrass, phd.com. Uh, and uh, uh, there are some opportunities there to get on my, uh, uh, my, my list and, and get some, well, you know, some, some bonuses and that sort of thing. Um, okay, I am still relatively new to all this internet stuff. And, uh, I've been doing this for seven or eight years, but it was mostly just, well, first of all, it was to see if I could do it and then to see if I like doing it. And then, uh, you know, see if we can help more people. I mean, we, it's the thing we have nowadays is we have people who are not part of any community. You know, it's just, you know, people who have no best friends. Uh, people, uh, you know, people who spent their working life traveling all the time, uh, and then they're retired and finding they don't have any close friends, anybody to share things with, um, that sort of thing. And so the internet is a great way of at least making some initial contact with folks. So anyway, um, that's why, that's why I'm doing this kind of stuff. Um, I enjoy, you know, I mean, I've spent my whole career helping people, um, and, uh, I wanted to get out from under insurance companies and that sort of thing. So everything I'm doing now is I'm in charge and nobody else. And, uh, so we'll hear some more things later on. If you're, if you get on my list, fine. Um. I'm, I'm trying to get to better at, at do, doing regular emails. I am en I enjoy this, so I do it real regularly. Um, and I, I will try to respect 
your um, your interest and hope for your support. Okay, and we'll catch you next week.